GoneMobile.io. It's Gone Mobile. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Gone Mobile. This episode's being recorded on March 19th, 2015. So in our last episode, we took a quick look at uh, some per- cool performance comparisons across different development environments and frameworks that are out there. But since it's a pretty big topic and uh, an interesting one that, that's pretty hot right now, we're going to kind of keep that trend going for this episode as well. And uh, to help us talk about this stuff in, in some more detail, we're joined by Harry Chung, who, who recently published a couple of really awesome blog posts on the subject. Thanks for joining us, Harry. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's great to have you on. The, the The blog posts have been really kind of making their circles uh, or making their rounds among a whole bunch of circles that I've seen. So it's it's been pretty cool to see. Yeah, I uh, didn't really expect it to be so uh, popular. <laughs> um, when I first did it, I was just doing it for myself, actually. I didn't plan on publishing anything. And my uh, one of my friends said, this stuff looks great. You should really publish it. I think it'll you know, it's a good signal for a lot of people to see. So um, I said, okay. So I cleaned it up, did a few more tests, and that was sort of the genesis of the original post. Cool. And kind of before we get into the actual tests that you ran and some of the results, I, can you tell our listeners uh, a little bit about yourself and, and the background you come from? <clears throat> so yeah, I um, used to uh, work for Google in the early days. I'm talking like 1999. Um, time frame so I was there from um, early on and uh, I uh, I was a software engineer for them I uh, worked on a whole range of things because I mean back then we were small and you know you pretty much had a hand in everything uh, my main focus was the search engine <clears throat> uh, the crawling indexing side of uh, things so basically the idea is you know collecting as many documents as possible and as quick as possible so uh, when I started, we were at 50 million documents. Uh, when I finished the project and, and moved on, we were up to about 2 billion documents. Um, and we were able to do that index within a month. That was kind of our goal, is to refresh the index monthly. I mean, today, Google is constantly refreshing the index. So that's sort of like the distance they've gone since I've left. But um, Got to start somewhere, though. That was my, yeah, exactly. And of course, we were small and we were scrappy, so... We did what we could. Um, so that's mostly my background. Um, I went to school at Washington University in St. Louis for, the, for computer science. Went to work for Google. And then since uh, once Google got kind of large, I was uh, kind of losing that startup feeling. So um, I just decided to take some time off uh, from Google. I uh, did a little bit of angel investing. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't know. Angel investing takes a certain amount of time. You, ha- you have to give it some respect and, and do your due diligence when you're investing money. So um, I was kind of just honestly just a little burnt out from my time at Google. So I took a break, um, got married, have, have a couple kids now, and uh, I'm starting to get back into development. And uh, this sort of led me to, you know, wanting to see. I mean, when I did Google, I was always worried about performance and when I got into mobile development recently I was you know I, I found people didn't really f- necessarily focus directly on performance and so that's why I wanted to really test the stuff and see what development em- environment was going to work for me the best um, so yeah that's ba- pretty much my background 
So what was your background at Google? Like what uh, technologies did you use in languages? Um, the original search engine was uh, all built in C. And we ported to C++, but um, there was a lot of scripts to make all the different processes uh, run together. Um, and those were mostly done in Python. So um, eventually we started doing Java for uh, sort of user interface stuff. Um, stuff like uh, the uh, ad system would be uh, all written in Java. Um, but by and large, it was C and C++. So when you first started to approach kind of the mobile side of things, did you did you reach for Java first, as uh, or at least on the Android side of things, since that's what you had experience with? Or did you go for like write to C++? Or like what, what was your, your path here that led you to trying everything, basically? Yeah. Um, well, that's just uh, kind of my initial thought was to try kind of try everything. Um, I did when I looked at what I was going to do for iOS. I was like, Swift had just been released, um, and for me, I well, actually, I should backtrack a little. Throughout my time since leaving Google, I've always kind of done little side projects, stuff that you know you sort of keep your mind active and you don't really want to release, but you want to be you know up on the current tech so I've done a lot of Ruby stuff um, during my time and I've, I've liked it because it's it's very conversational right it's easy to write Ruby um, I did a little I learned a lot of um, a JavaScript too during that time because it sort of go hand in hand Ruby and JavaScript so when I first started I was looking for some sort of language that would you know be similar to that and Swift was that language right it's it's much more abstract it's more um, conversational so I was the first thing I did was work on Swift, um, but then I was thinking, you know, I should be looking at cross-platform because I don't want to have to rewrite my logic twice. Um, so I started investigating cross-platform stuff, and Ruby Motion was actually the first one that sort of um, was the first one I saw. And since you know I had some familiarity with Ruby, I decided to give it a shot. But in my writing of the code there, I was like wondering something is off like I feel like I'm losing performance and so I started running tests and I was like this is kind of slowish I need to see how this compares to the other languages so I, I wrote my Swift um, I, um, I checked my Swift app and it was uh, much faster already um, another technology I was looking at was J2 uh, Objective-C this is a Google product where they um, they take Java code and translate it to Objective-C and you're just supposed to compile the Objective-C not really edit the Objective-C. Mm -hmm. And uh, and that was pretty quick too. So um, that sort of led me think, well, you know what, I should really investigate all the sort of cross-platform tools out there because I want to be able to enter, development, enter a development environment, get my logic done, and then not have to worry that it's going to have issues um, with you know whatever platform I'm on, right? And I think that kind of that leads us to a good point to kind of set the stage for for what we're talking about here. Is I mean, you mentioned Ruby Motion, which which allows you to write Ruby code across these different platforms and J2 Objective C. Um, but in addition to just the different languages here, each of these um, each of these different frameworks kind of takes a different approach as far as you know how quote unquote native it is or what it's really trying to do. 
So I, I think it might be good for, for those of our listeners who might not be familiar with some of the specific frameworks that you targeted here to kind of maybe go through and, and just give a, a real quick synopsis of kind of what each one is that you looked at and, and, and what it offers. Um, sure. Uh, I mean, to sort of, when I went in doing this test, I mean, there's a big caveat here is that if you're looking for absolute true performance, you should be um, writing basically in like one level above the the assembly, which is like C++ even. That's like the most bare metal um, abstraction you could use to get the absolute performance. I mean, game engines are done in C++ for that reason, um, which is something I, I'd be interested in testing too. But um, so yeah, that's the big caveat. Like, I wasn't actually looking for absolute performance. I want to know at what abstraction um, can you get pretty good performance. I'm not looking for like the end all top doc here. I'm looking for, if I said, I'm going to go write my app in C sharp, for instance, am I going to lose out because I'm in C sharp? Um, how well does that compiler do? So that, I just want to just state that as a really, really big caveat about this analysis. I mean, as with all benchmarks, you sort of take what you get from it. You don't really treat it as the truth. It's, it's obviously my point of view. So yeah, the, the, each tool that I tested, so yeah, I mean, let's start with Ruby Motion since it was the first one. It basically, like you say, allows you to write Ruby code in and uh, compile down to ARM bytecode or in the Android case, you know, compile down to the Java VM. Um, it's, the method of usage is really to make the UI easier to, to program, I think. I think it's to make the API calls easier. Um, heavy logic. I've been told that heavy logic should be done in Objective C and have you, you know, link into that. Um, and that's that's kind of a reasonable expectation, I guess. But I mean, my thought is, if you're going to write Ruby code and you want um, you want to do like a little quick list sort or something like that, you want that to be quick. I mean, you don't want to have to go to Objective C land just because you need to do something really quick like that. So I think. The test that that I did is kind of representative of, you know, am I going to lose performance if I'm in Ruby in general? And I kind of feel like you you will. Um, so another uh, tool that I tested was Xamarin, um, and these guys. Uh, this, this tool is about writing code in C sharp, um, and having it compile down to ARM bytecode and 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 Java VM too, and. And the same thing here is like I kept all my code in C sharp, um, and uh, here I found out the performance was actually really really good. I'm actually pretty surprised at how well uh, C sharp does. Um, but yeah, the the idea there is that they they want you to write all your code in C sharp. They don't expect you to write some you know low level um, performance at, you know. Uh, library and then link that in. So I think that, you know, as a tool, if you're thinking I'm going to write my app in C sharp, I think it's great. And it, it, it's sort of the abstraction doesn't cost you that much. Um, then I looked at RoboVM and RoboVM is kind of not really a completely cross platform because it's only about targeting iOS. It's RoboVM is a, um, Java compiler for iOS, basically. Mm -hmm. So it compiles down to uh, ARM code too. And um, these guys are also great. They're able to take 
whatever Java code you write and compile it down to ARM and the performance is like fantastic too. So I think we have two really good tools that are non-native for compiling down. As far as the other tests go, I, I basically ported my logic to Objective-C, to Swift, to hybrid Objective-C and Swift just to see how that performs. Um, oh, and of course, uh, there's the J2 Objective-C from Google, which the idea, the method of usage there is you, you say you write an Android app and you have some of your logic separated out in Java um, that doesn't have any dependencies on Android. Um, you could have that translated to Objective-C and then you write an Xcode project that um, pulls in the Objective-C code that gets generated. Um, and so you, you would pretty much expect uh, barely any overhead if you brought that into iOS and that's what my tests kind of show is that um, there is a, a tiny bit of over, I mean, it's negligible, I think, because they sort of use their own data structures first um, for, uh, they re-implement some of the Java data structures um, in Objective-C, but it, the overhead's really negligible. So um, if, you, if you're happy in writing in both Objective-C and in Java, then um, that's also a good option too. And then as you mentioned a few times, um, you know, no benchmark is something that you should really take a, as gospel on its own. It's really, you know, it's just one metric to use as part of a, a much bigger picture. Um, so, so kind of, and again, before we get into specific results of, of those benchmarks that you came across, um, like what exactly were the, and you've talked a few times about porting the same logic to all these different um, platforms and languages and what have you, like what, what was this logic that, that the tests were doing? Yeah, I guess a, a background would be good. So the app that I wanted to build a few months ago was basically an app that's going to record your location at a at like a car racing track and provide you, say, lap times and splits. Um, um, the idea would be I would mount the phone on my windshield and I could go on the track and then it would tell me how fast I'm going around the track. And so the logic is to is the is the logic part is the part where I take the GPS points that the phone is giving me and I run some computations on it. Um, stuff like predictive analysis um, so that I can sort of see where I'm doing better or worse live um, on my phone. And the logic is pretty simple. It's not super complex, but it has a lot of trig in it. Um, so, I mean, I felt like this is a, a pretty good way to test all the languages and all the platforms because it's kind of real world. It's like, I'm actually using this logic. This isn't about like a list sort or binary search. It's, it's actually something I feel like that's useful. So it's something that's mostly computationally bound then? Yeah, it's purely computational. There's, there's no, the, the, the test itself has no UI component. Um, so it's all about, like I said, it's about how fast um, each language will compile down to. Okay, and I think that's a pretty interesting thing just to, to make sure that listeners are clear on that that the, the tests that you're running are kind of taking the UI component totally out of the picture here. So like the, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of different kind of tests that you can do and, and some of those would come down to, you know, how performant is the UI and, you know, scrolling in a list view and I mean, there, there's no end to the types of things that you can measure. But you were kind of just going down to raw computation performance here. Yeah, I mean, the closest thing I would liken this to is like a Geekbench measurement, right? Right. So, 
And then what was the what was the testing environment too? Because there's also you know a, a whole host of different devices out there, especially on the Android side. So like, what were you doing to try and keep uh, keep the apples to apples comparison here? Well, I mean, there's no way we can really truly compare iOS to Android. It's, there's there's not a way to really compare those two. Um, so, but I mean, I have an iPhone six. That's what I originally tested on. I'm currently testing on an iPad Air two for the iOS. And then on Android, I have a 2014 Moto X, and that's what I've been testing. Uh, I've, I mean, I've received comments that it's not, a, it's not even fair to show the two graphs next to each other, but <laughs> I mean, truth is there's really no good way to, good way to absolutely measure the two. And, and like I said in the very beginning, the point of this is not actually to, to say one is, you know, unequivocally faster. It's to say, okay, it's just, it's just a signal. It's like, am I, Am I losing out, you know, if I'm using one environment versus another, um, if, is there any cost to that? And am I willing to make that trade off? That's kind of like my goal. And in addition to, to doing raw, say, computation performance, did you do any um, memory um, memory management tests as well just to see how, the, how that performed or maybe garbage collection versus no garbage collection and that sort of thing? Yeah, so the first post did cover that um, for each app, um, but I found that they all did actually a pretty reasonable job if you know what you're doing going in. So I'm not a mobile mobile programmer at all, and I don't even consider myself now one still um, because I'm still learning about uh, what is the correct uh, thing to do in certain situations. When I first did the apps, I wasn't very... Um, smart about how I was managing memory and there's certain things you should be doing uh, like in Objective-C wrapping things in uh, auto-release pools um, to sort of free up the memory so that kind of stuff sort of evolved and and, and once I sort of um, did all the sort of op- memory optimizations to each app they all sort of performed similarly um, the biggest difference would be that each one um, maybe has a larger might have different footprints in the in initial when they launch when the app launches, but otherwise they all pretty much perform pretty reasonably the same as far as having a garbage collecting versus reference counting. Um, it it didn't change anything much actually. Do you feel like any of the platforms sort of made not having to know those intricate details a bit easier, or was there any advantage or disadvantage there? Um. I think that not having to know about it at all um, is easier. Like, I mean, say in Android City, you don't have in Android, you don't have to worry about memory; it just gets garbage collected. So, um, but uh, I don't think it's. Uh, I don't think it was like a. I, I wouldn't slight any of the development pa- platforms for not, you know, educating me that. I mean, it's something that you should learn when you're in that environment. Uh, and, and it's to always worry about memory. And it was something I sort of was constantly looking at even after I published it as like, am I doing this right still? Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I wish this stuff is like, you know, here's the manual of course, and you read it and, and but yeah, I don't, I don't think any of, anyone in particular was, was bad because of it. Did you get a lot of uh, a lot of feedback after these started to make the rounds that of people kind of saying, "Oh, well, you know, you did something really wrong in in language X or language Y, and this isn't really fair." 
Yeah, I mean, I totally got that, uh, and I'm still getting it with my most recent post, and 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 I love it because it's basically me learning how to do things right. And um, in my most, for example, in my most recent post, um, a Swift expert came to me and said, "Look, you should structure your class in a instead of using a class, you should use a struct for this thing because you know you, you you'll get better performance if you work off the stack instead of the heap." I refactor the code, and then I reran it, and it I gained a hundred percent in performance. So, I mean, I'm I'm happy to receive as many criticism as I can about this because I want to sort of know that I'm giving each app its best effort. Are you planning on making this sort of like a living set of performance, you know, benchmark suite? kind of thing where people can constantly give you feedback and you sort of change it to try and get the best possible computation out of each platform? Um, maybe. I mean, I'm going to update it as, as, as often as I can. If I get feedback to add a certain thing, um, I'll do it. One thing I'm actually looking forward is to adding is Facebook's React Native because that's actually like a new uh, way to, a new language that can, not new language, but a new way to get compiled down to uh ARM bytecode, right? Taking JavaScript into ARM bytecode. So that's what I'm looking for. I'll update it when that gets released. But um, yeah, I mean, like I said, when I initially did this, I didn't really have any expectations of, of what to expect, but I'm, I'm glad that it's like at least being read, you know? So um, yeah, I mean, if, if I can't, as I said in the beginning, this test is very unique to my app too. It's, it's not really representative of what everyone sh will expect with their app it's just to sort of you know make people think about it whenever they do do development you know you should worry about performance and maybe there is an alternative or um, maybe there's no cost if you do something else so it's it's just something to think about really more than anything hey everyone this episode is brought to you by raygun Raygun is an essential tool for every developer, helping you detect and diagnose your errors in real time so your team can fix bugs faster. Just a few lines of code is all it takes to get started, and you'll be amazed how quickly you start receiving reports from all of your apps. Why wait for frustrated users to notify you when they hit a bug, and then spend your time digging through log files? Raygun notifies you immediately and with all the information you need. Raygun keeps everyone informed, so whether you have 1 or 100 developers, you'll get everything you need to become an awesome development team. Start your free trial today at raygun.io and make sure to thank them for sponsoring Gone Mobile. So then I would love to, to dig a little bit deeper into to some of the numbers and results that you got as part of these computational tests as well. I mean, we've been kind of staying at a, a bit of an abstract level and, you know, I, I don't want to make this just a show where we read a bunch of numbers in a, like a, a big Excel spreadsheet put to put on like audio version or something, but but I'd be curious to know, like, um, at somewhat of a detailed level, like, what, what did you really find when you started to dig in? I mean, were there some that surprised you? Were there some that, like, really outperformed the others? Um, yeah, I mean, I, whenever you sort of think about something that's not meant, um, like, if, if that's not proprietary, like, you, you would expect Xcode um, to compile Swift and Objective-C down to the quickest, um, with the highest performance is what I'm saying. Um, so when I ran Xamarin and I ran uh, RoboVM, I was completely surprised that they are basically, they're all within the range of each other. I mean, 
one might be a little bit faster than the other, but the fact that they're even that in that kind of comparison at all is is surprising to me. I mean, if you look at the numbers, they're uh, they're not off by orders of magnitude, which is kind of like what you expect when you think abstraction. You're taking a different language, compiling it down, but it's not meant for um, that platform that there might be some level of performance deficit. But in this case, I didn't see any performance de deficit. In fact, it seems like some of, of like Xamarin and, and Robo can both like compile down quicker than Objective-C even. And I'd be curious on the, like one of the, the differences between how Xamarin works on iOS and Android is that on iOS, it all compiles down to, to ARM code. So you're dealing with um, somewhat a little bit closer to apples to apples there. But then on on the Android side, that it spins up its own uh, mono runtime kind of side by side with Android. So depending on the classes that you're using, you could either be talking directly to just a single runtime where it's just talking to mono, or you might be talking to um, something where it's, it's a C-sharp object that that wraps um, an object that lives over in the the Android runtime as well. So you have um, you know you have the the two garbage collectors, the two memory references. Uh, did you did you happen to to look into any comparison between those, or did you try and target um, like one style versus the other in your code? Um, to be honest, in my code, all I did for Android was just uh, like in Xamarin, I created a shared project, and the code was. Um, a shared solution where the Android app and the iOS app resided in the same workspace. So, but they shared the same logic, which was a goal. Um, and so I just, um, for the Android app, I just ran it in whatever the default setting is. It's kind of like what I, somebody new to Xamarin would have done, I feel like, without really digging deep. Um, right. So, so then you were, when I ran the you would have been using when the, I ran the pure C sharp stuff then, which is going to be the right. the best performance. Right, so I didn't cross over, I don't feel like so. But the performance-wise, they're basically dead equal. Like a pure Java, um, my pure Java application was um, just as fast, or the Xamarin Android app was just as fast as a pure Java application. And then you found them to be mostly equal then? Um, I'm looking at the, the graph yeah. that you have here, and they, they, the bars look identical enough that you can there's nothing statistically different about them i would say <laughs> yeah i mean like i said i mean you're if i i would consider anything within 10 or 20 percent equal actually on this graph if, if there's so many i think there's so many variables on running an app on on a mobile device that i think you can expect an area of 10 to 20 percent i mean when i tested i tried to shut off shut off everything turn off the the wi-fi mm -hmm. i just wanted to concentrate on the app itself but even then, I don't know what the operating system is doing exactly. So um, there's no. I mean, if you, if if we're talking differences of ten or twenty percent, I consider them equal. Is what I'm saying. Makes sense. And then I I also see you have a couple. Um, there's a couple bars on the chart here that are that are labeled with with web views. So what were you doing for those tests? So like so I mean in prep for kind of re, for React Native and also just. Um, wanted to see how well browsers did because some people do think that some people program in, in web views and, and believe that that's a great way to, to develop an app and and maybe hybrid apps um, are the future in some respect but I wanted to understand it and, and see how the performance was because if you are gonna if you are gonna write a purely JavaScript app um, then 
uh, I just wanted to see how it would perform in the web views uh, by itself. Um, so yeah, I, I ported the code to JavaScript. I ran it on different uh, web view containers. I also ran it on the browsers themselves to see if there's any performance difference uh, between the native browsers. Maybe they have special optimizations for their JavaScript engine, for instance. Um, so I mean, it, this this test is kind of less representative of what you would actually do for JavaScript because I feel like you really would not do something computationally intensive in it. Um, but it does sort of um, it does sort of give a hint as to cost, you know, your overall cost of of doing something uh, in Java in JavaScript. Sorry. Right. And and personally, I still think it's a, a fair comparison, even if I, I mean most of the like the the sales pitch of a lot of these javascript frameworks for for or for building hybrid apps for that matter is that you can write everything in javascript and that's that's kind of what they're selling to people like whether the reality is that you should really drop down to objective c in java and then bind in for your cordova apps or something like maybe that's the the best the quote unquote best way to do it to get the right performance like i i have my doubts that that's what most people out there are really doing and it's definitely not the it's definitely not the the sales pitch being said for building those apps. So I, th I still think it's a it's a fair thing to put out there so people know where the pitfalls are as far as like like the kind of computations you can and can't do in JavaScript. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. I mean, that goes for all the platforms too. I kind of feel like they don't really when they, their claim is they say, okay, we compile down to native, but they don't really say how they perform against native uh, necessarily, at least in the marketing. So. Yeah, I think that's why I kind of want to include it all together. I, I agree with that. And then I mean, the, the other thing I'm seeing here too is, um, and I have experience with this framework in the past as well, which is uh, Titanium. Um, and, I, and I've had some not so great things to say about it in the past too, but, it, but it's really interesting to see it put side by side in, in this chart because because Titanium is at the very least a little bit different than a lot of the uh, other JavaScript frameworks where they they do eventually get down to, to native code. So it was it was still a little bit surprising, even with my already kind of low personal expectations to see the, the bar is quite so large for, for Titanium, especially on the Android side. Yeah, from what I know, they have their own JavaScript engine. Am I? I think so, right? So, but they... I've talked to a Titanium guy, and he says that a lot of their optimizations are in the UI code, which is uh, where they mm. claim to have better native performance. Um, so, I mean, I, it's not really a super fair comparison, um, like I said, because it's just pure logic. But, uh, yeah, I, it would be good to somehow uh, come up with a UI test, though I, I don't. I'm actually not quite sure how to do that. <laughs> well, that gets a lot harder to, to quantify, I think. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I, it, to do a UI test, I guess we would have to measure frame rates, I think. And I don't know how to do that exactly, you know, outside of, say, a drawable service. You know, we don't have access to that drawing surface right. when we're doing uh, UI, so... We need like a really, really high frame rate device camera, and then you can just really pinpoint what's going on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then, yeah, exactly. Uh, but then you get in. Once you get into the UI, though, it gets it gets even harder because then you get into you know subjectivity of like real raw performance versus you know how it how it feels to perform, like perceived performance. So it's yeah. I mean, that's why there's all these animation tricks, right, to sort exactly. of make it feel yeah. snappy 
when maybe it's not. That's like 80% of mobile development. <laughs> right, right. Which is, I mean, which is why I think my signal is kind of valid too. It's like, we should worry about performance, you know. It's, we shouldn't be trying to hide it through fancy animations or so, so forth. So did you have any uh, inclination maybe to, to take this a bit farther and maybe do some of those uh, calculations, everything down on the C level or C++ level and binding those into some uh, platforms to, to see how that goes? So, yes, I mean, that's uh, a good Obviously question. Objective-C is kind of, you know, already in that space, but as far as like but, an Android platform. Okay, so I mean... I you asked that question. I'm actually right now at this moment finishing a C++ port <laughs> Very nice. for both iOS and Android. And my initial numbers show, I mean, obviously on iOS, it'll be the fastest. And it is fastest. Um, and on Android, it's looking like to be about three times, maybe tw two and a half times faster than pure Java. Um, so yeah, I mean, that I think will be like the benchmark for both systems. Um, and uh, I'll publish that data soon but and, and this is an app that you're actually like you're building start to finish right so it'll have a ui component to it eventually the app that you're working on and um so is this something that maybe using these results you might choose a combination like you might write some of the logic in c plus plus and and maybe bind that into uh, another framework to do that actual ui code and such right exactly the goal was to pick a, an environment to use and the part of the test that the, the, the part that doesn't get shown in my in my post is how much learning I've had to do in in using each environment. Like the overhead, you know, to pick up a new IDE is is not is is not trivial. It's it's tricky um, to just remember how to do something in a certain environment. Um, so I've actually learned a lot about how I want to work and whether or not I, I've sort of assess a value to how something performs. But then I also assess a value to how did what kind of development environment am I working in to get that performance? Um, so I'd rather have a more. Um, I make the trade off. So I so, in the end, I've actually kind of chosen one to work with right now and to finish the development of my app, and that's in Xamarin, because they have, basically. Really good performance, but not only that, the development environment actually allows you to. Um, to share code between iOS and Android pretty readily. Um, they do, they actually structure projects in such a way that allows you to put the logic in a shared library. And then within that shared library, they also have support for data access. So for example, they, the SQLite component can be used. Um, I can write SQLite code inside my shared library and then not care about if I'm in iOS or Android because my data access will be the same. Whereas say if I was in um, something else like RoboVM, I wouldn't have that access. I would actually have to worry about on Android, I have to write directly to that database. And then in, hmm. in, the, in the iOS side, I would have to write to a different database in a different way, a different library. So um, I think development environment is a huge factor for me at least. Um, but so I just wanted to establish that the performance that I'm getting out of C-sharp won't be a detriment. And that's kind of like w what sort of reassured me. So that's why I've kind of chosen Xamarin as my development environment for this app now. 
And that leads me to another question I was going to ask anyway. Um, are you, do you have any plans on blogging about what your experience was like with the actual tooling and IDEs and everything on each of those platforms? I sort of, yeah, sort of had a thought about that, but I don't know. I, I, I guess I need a little more motivation or feedback to get that because it's sort of uh, hard for me to... Um, like I said, let me step back. I'm not really a mobile developer, so I don't really understand the needs and desires of what a lot of mobile developers um, have. Um, so I'm learning about this, and maybe I have one issue with Xamarin, but I don't want to have to switch to another development environment to sort of verify whether or not that's there. I kind of want to just finish my app. Um, performance was is always a big thing for me, which is why I did this in the first place. But um, I kind of feel like all the ideas have IDEs have their own idiosyncrasies and and issues you have to deal with. Um, I just look for the end result, which is you know the app itself and how well it performs. Um, right. So yeah, I don't I don't I don't think I'm gonna come up with a post to answer your question to sort of address all the differences between the two. I think um, I don't know. I think feel I feel like that's much more subjective and, and not really uh, as an effective uh, thing to sort of t talk about. Well, I'll, I'll ask you one subjective question that I'm curious about, though, um, kind of on the same topic, which is, and obviously, like, I'm, you know, the caveat is, like, I'm obviously a big Xamarin fan. John actually works for Xamarin, so I don't know if you were aware of that. <laughs> um, yeah, I should have mentioned that as a disclaimer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's not why we had you on the show. We thought the, the results were, were phenomenal, regardless of what they are. Um, um, but one thing I was just generally curious about is, especially from for uh, an engineer coming from the kind of background that you had and working in, in much different systems and probably not working in C-sharp prior to this, I'm guessing, um, like, did you have any preconceptions there about the language and, and the platform? Or were you expecting to, to like Xamarin and, and find it to be good? Or do you... Because um, I know there's a lot of people that, that still have this like old school Microsoft stigma attached to languages like C-sharp. So I'm, I'm kind of curious of where you came from on that. So yeah, when, I mean, when I first learned that it was C sharp and that it, this existed, of course, the stigma of that it that it being invented by Microsoft sort of came along with it. I don't, um, I didn't think that it was going to be a bad language or product in general because of that. I just, you know, you remember ten or fifteen years ago when Microsoft was the dominant force in in computers that you know it, you didn't want to touch anything Microsoft. This idea, <laughs> and especially from I mean, for my time at Google too, like whenever they released .NET and the whole C Sharp um, uh, project, we were like, um, we worried that they would think that they wanted to their, do their own search engine. Like Microsoft is still a competitor, but back then they were uh, an even more, uh, a bigger competitor to us. So, so yeah, that's, I guess those kind of feelings sort of came about when I started looking into Xamarin. But I mean, honestly, I think this is my general opinion, but I think a good developer is not tied to really any language. They should be able to pick up a language and be reasonably good with it um, relatively quickly. I don't think, I mean, obviously to have some domain experience is, is, is worth it for sure, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna not learn something because I don't mm -hmm. think it's, you know, at least from the outside, not useful. It's, it's for me, a language is a language. C sharp on a whole, it feels a lot like Java, you know. So it's 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 similar to that. There's some funny um, coding styles <laughs> um, between the two, you know, or just in general. Um, 
but uh i mean that stuff doesn't really bother me the only thing i care about is actual app and the user experience and 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 getting there with you know reasonable ease and that's kind of what xamarin and c sharp does for me right and kind of speaking of languages in that that ecosystem, I'm I'm also curious if you've had a chance to to look at F sharp in any of your testing so far too. Um, actually, I have not, to be honest, because I would imagine that would be um, an interesting kind of side test case for you know not that I want to add yet another language for you to rewrite all your stuff in, um, but especially since you're dealing with like raw computational type things, I mean, lang functional languages like F# -sharp could lend themselves pretty well to it, and you can use you'd be able to use the same thing on iOS and Android, um, so that might be well, something that could be fun to look into. Well, let me ask you this: um, I'm dealing with it's not I'm not doing just pure calculation. I'm moving a couple objects around. So, is would F# -sharp be okay with that, or is it purely um, for you know calculating complex algorithms right so I mean it it's a it's a functional language but it it's it sits on top of the normal uh, .NET framework or the mono um, the mo .NET runtime or, or mono runtime um, and has full it can interact kind of both ways with with C sharp code too so it 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 doesn't force you to not have mutable state and things like that as well so it's not it's not as pure of a functional language as, as some of the other ones out there that really don't give you any ways to do state management or, or what have you. Um, but, it, but it does lend itself really well to, to those sorts of things. Okay, I'll, I'll take a look then. I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm willing to learn something new here. So yeah, I'll take a look. I'd be curious. And, and you know, writing computations at, in, in that sort of, programming style lends itself well to, you know, parallelizing what you're doing and, um, you know, not having to mess with state as much. So it'd be, it'd be cool to see if that gave you another little performance boost, even on the, the Xamarin side. Okay. Yeah. I'll check it out. So, so, I mean, what did we, what are we miscovering here? I mean, I'd be curious to know if you have any, any real like closing thoughts on? I mean, obviously you you've kind of come out on the, the pro Xamarin side. It seems at the, at the end of this, but I'd be curious if you had anything else that that kind of surprised you, or that you'd want people to that people looking at the numbers and the results that you came up with to really uh, take away from this before we close out. Um, I mean, basically, my goal, like I said, is to to give a sense of what kind of performance you can expect in a development environment. It's not to unequivocally uh, say that one is the best necessarily. There's a lot of factors involved and this is just a small signal at that. Um, what's, uh, what's interesting though is that like if you are a new developer, uh, new mobile de developer, I feel like you can uh, and you don't have familiarity with Swift or Objective-C or want to learn a new language entirely, that there are options out there. And that's really uh, the biggest takeaway is you're not going to lose out too big on options. I know that certain environments actually have some performance limitations, like Xamarin Forms for now, right? So um, there's those things to consider, but you, you don't even have to use Forms, right? You could write your UI in native and, and still be quick. So... Um, yeah, as with any environment, there's 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 its own issues, but uh, as far as raw computation, I, I think what you can sort of take away is that everyone is actually pretty good, um, except for you know a couple <laughs> that um, you probably shouldn't look at. But uh, 
but yeah, I, I, it's just yeah, like I said, this is just a signal. It's not it's not something to be used as reference uh, uh, beyond um, oh, I should be beyond the fact that um, the the development environment that I'm in um, is at least competitive, not way off. Right. Right. Well, that's awesome. And I definitely look forward to seeing what you come up with with um, some of the other languages or, or tests that you're looking into. And also just as you, you know, if you publish anything as you're getting into the UI layer, even if it's not as much of a comparison, but, um, you know, especially with, with things like data access, there's any number of ways to kind of approach that and different, different le levels of which you can abstract it to get different performance. So, um, you know, maybe if, if you end up publishing some more stuff, maybe we'll have to have you back on sometime. Yeah. This, this was fun. It allowed me to think a lot more about what I was doing than, uh, than uh, what I originally thought about. And yeah, I'm going to be posting the C++ stuff up here in the next few hours. So um, that'll be really, uh, I guess, telling because that's as bare metal as you can get yeah. without writing assembly. So Cool. And that'll beat this episode out. So we'll have that in the, the show notes as well. But uh, thanks so much, Harry, for taking the time to chat today. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. And thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Gone Mobile. <laughs>